0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Scotland fallout continues as we slowly move back towards the return of domestic football. Shane Duffy says he's looking forward to competing with Ayer and Julian for a space in the Celtic team. And Aaron Hickey has Ronaldo on his mind as he flies out to begin life in Serie A. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Mark Weedy. Yeah, the uh, SPFL is back this weekend. The Premiership, some big games. Fans back into the grounds at Petaudry. Um, and in Dingwall 300 fans a piece which is going to be great hopefully that's the start um, of it and in Scotland um, Gordon I have to say I think the, the reaction and the negativity has been way over the top I think Steve Clark and his players uh, deserve to be cut a bit of slack I think some of this stuff's just been outrageous to be perfectly honest yeah, I mean, obviously, there wasn't the best performances from Scotland in the two games, but uh, they managed to get four points. And I think in the past, you, you know, we would have taken that even if it wasn't the greatest opposition. As far as uh, domestically, obviously, Shane Duffy's the, the big signing for Celtic. And it's good to see a, a talented young player, you know, going and playing in Italy. I mean, too often, you know, I think uh, our, our home players seem almost frightened to go abroad. You see so many continental players coming to our game but very few the other way around, Gordon. So I think it was 18 or something like that. And uh, so to get that opportunity to go um, to Italy and, uh, you know, develop his game, um, listen, good luck to him and, and fair play to him for, for making that decision. Right, 0141-951-1025. That's the number you need. What's on your mind tonight? We're in the middle of the week. We're in that in-between period where we are still coming off the back of the internationals. And we start to look forward to the domestic football as well. So you talk to us. Tell us what is on your mind. 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Maybe you've still got some thoughts on Scotland's performances over the weekends. The phones were very busy last night, so maybe you didn't get through. You can uh, have your final say on that tonight before we park it and move on uh, towards the weekend. We're going to hear from Shane Duffy. We're going to hear from Aaron Hickey. And of course, a small number of fans back in grounds this weekend for test events so we're going to take a bit of a closer look at what that might look like in reality we'll do all that later on in the show like I say before we, we park Scotland completely then and, and move on and look forward uh, let's let's round off the I was going to say I was going to, say, I was going to call it a post-mortem but you only say that after you get beat but it sort of feels that way if you take everyone's reaction uh, into account so let, let's Kick off with that Any Scotland fans Anyone who watched the game Any thoughts at all Let's hear them right now 01419511025 Mark Guidi You said you felt The reaction was over the top What do you mean by that? Well You know Steve Clark's had Four or five training sessions To work with players That he's not had For over ten months So there's been An element of frustration A lot of the players Haven't kicked a ball In in six or seven weeks So you take all that Into account It made As a draw And a victory Yet they've been better had we beaten uh, Israel, of course it uh, it would have. But under a bit of pressure on Monday night, they managed to get a result. He made some big calls, Gordon. And the big calls worked. First big call. Who's your goalkeeper? We were on here last Wednesday night. And the, 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 not, not a campaign, but a lot of people wanting John McLaughlin. He stuck with David Marshall. It paid off. He was man of the match on, on, on Monday night. Lyndon Dykes, big call. Essentially, he was playing a Livingston player at centre forward for Scotland. Okay, he didn't have a lot of options left, but he he had he put him in, 
And it paid off He got a goal Proper poachers goal To, to, to equalise on, on Monday night He tried Kieran Tierney And Andy Robertson On, on um, Friday night Was it against uh, Israel mm-hmm. And then Made a big call To leave out Kieran Tierney On Monday night And, and put um, Andy Robertson McTominay's not worked I think we accept that I don't think we can go back uh, Towards that Palmer coming into the team On the right hand side Beautiful first touch uh, To lay himself in for the cross So a lot of positives And we are top of the group And I just think that And I, and I think Andy Robertson Was absolutely right We're getting into a, a playoff game Next month On the back of five games unbeaten Top of the section Four points out of six Yes it wasn't brilliant But the reaction I think has been really Really poor The team need to feel confidence From the public The manager needs to feel A confidence from the public And from the media And I think we should Without you know um, Without being apologists But I do think There needs to be A bit more positivity Going into this big game Next month With all due respect To to the fans though Jim They're, mm-hmm. they're entitled to say Well mm-hmm. Go on then Make me feel positive And yes Yes of course We won the games And you can't argue with that But if people Have watched it And don't feel positive On the back of it Then that that's okay as well Yeah I mean Listen uh, You know the, the results in football Are, are always all important But uh, you know I think the fact that You know What happened With the Czech Republic And having to remove The first The first squad And then bring in Obviously those other players Probably You know <laughs> Counteracts the, the argument That our players weren't yeah. You know Match sharp And stuff like that Because they were thrown together And we were hanging on There was no doubt about that And as, as Mark says David Marshall Had two, two or three Fantastic saves and there were some things that didn't quite work, but uh, you know, ultimately it was about getting over the line and getting the results. And listen, you can you can go, you can look at you know, let's let's just look at England just now. I mean, they scored with with a penalty in the in the 90th minute, which I must admit I didn't think it was a penalty anyway. But and then the boy misses a penalty for Iceland, so you get a break. So and and you know they didn't seem to get to it. And then nil nil last night, you know, with the with the with the quality they've got. You know, again, you know, they get four points. <laughs> We've got four points. So it is a wee bit, I think it has been a wee bit heavy-handed, but I also understand that, um, you know, we do, we do expect a bit better, I think, performance levels. Uh, you know, we did get a bit ragged towards the end of the game. And I'm again, I'm not 100% sure if the back three worked with those mm-hmm. players he picked mm-hmm. to play them in both games. It, it may well work with different players available, but in, this, in those two particular games... I'm not quite sure if the back three worked. Is that where the frustration comes from then, Mark? Whether you think it's justified or not, I, I get the feeling that certain people who've tweeted the show or who've called in would have preferred to go into the Israel game knowing for sure, well, at least that system works. Yeah, we had a couple of guys maybe off colour because they've not played, but that's our system, it works for us, and we're going to use that in this vital game against Israel next month. You don't really get the impression that that's the case at no, the moment. No, no. I have to agree with that I'm not entirely sure What he'll do I mean as a club manager He always preferred A black, a, a back four Well they look at a three He might um, But again You've got to remember And, and, and Duffel no more than, than any of us He said probably Four decent training sessions In ten months And he's not got a magic wand No remember We haven't qualified For a tournament For 22 years We've gone through Eight or nine Managers I'm not making excuses here We need to qualify And it needs to be better For next month I get all that But there isn't a magic wand Out there And just to say that After four training sessions He can get it spot on He knows the formation He finds a way to get Tierney and Robertson in Bump a bump a bump a bump a bump He didn't have a sight of bottom He's had to use The Livingston centre forward For the games As much as he did really well That's what we are 
That's what he's up against So I just think Cut him a bit of slack And just try And as I say It's not to be an apologist But we're facing one of the biggest games In Scotland's history In a long long time Just try and be a wee bit more upbeat Because we are on a run Of five games unbeaten Mark Greedy's calling for your positivity But you can feel free to contradict him 01419511025 Let's hear from you Josh is on the line What did you make of it overall Josh? Um, the game itself was poor Gordon um, But there are positives to be taken from it We now know that I don't think Scott McTominay can play centre back um, You know he might, he might in a few years um, but at this moment in time He's more of a dynamic player He's not switched on defensively enough To play centre-back I don't think uh, And I really don't think it worked well With Palmer and him they, You know, they were, they were split quite a bit And there was quite a lot of space Which they kept getting in behind um, on, Also, that was easily the hardest game On paper in the group And we took three points um, So there's that We also know now that Probably going forward, a three at the back isn't the way to go. Steve Clark openly said in his press conference before that he's a big fan of the back four, um, and I think there's a there's a there's a push from you know people in the media and the fans and that to try and, and you know do the square pegs and round holes thing and try to get as many of our many of our best players in a formation, um, and I think that's why Scott McTominay was playing centre back, Kieran was playing at the game on Friday. Um, and that we're trying to get the best players on paper into a formation, but you know, I just don't think that's going to work long term. Um, and I think that probably moving back to the back four next month is going to be more positive. But one thing that is, I've really noticed is the negativity emerging towards Steve Clark already. You know, I've seen a couple of people on social media. Uh, calling for him to be changed already. We've done that. We've changed managers before. It hasn't worked. We now need. To, we know Steve Clark's credentials. We know that he's a terrific manager. We need to now commit to him and and commit to him for a number of years and look towards you know even Euro 2024 as a marker for okay if we're not there at that point then we can really think about changing managers. But we need to commit to Steve Clark. He is the man that will take us to a tournament. I'm certain of that. I mean, I listen. Uh, you know, social media is notorious nowadays. You know, if you, you know, uh, you're saying a couple of games, it could be twenty minutes in social media nowadays. You know, what I mean. So, I think to be honest with you, you know, you've just got to ignore, um, you know, that's that issue or that side of it, and focus on you know the results and trying to get over the line. As Mark said, we haven't you know we've had a lot of managers with you know. Eight, Jim, I've just counted up eight managers since you know, Craig Brown. But, but, eight managers. You know, some, some with you know terrific pedigrees, but it hasn't worked. And actually, we've had better players at our disposal yeah. over these periods of time, you know, and it hasn't worked. Mm. So, you know, you have to get an organisation, a system, um, you know, and, and again, maybe these two games were worth trying. Again, I, I, I for me, thought, thought that Big Tom would be better in the centre of... The, the two centre backs as opposed to in the right hand side because I think he's then got he's got cover and have two more natural defenders there. Um and, and allow him to kind of read the game a little bit. So m- maybe he can play there but not not on as right. one of the main kind of markers or getting dragged out into the space as Josh was saying there into the channel. What did you make of of, you know? of him in particular? Because mm. to be fair, for, mm. for for all people are being accused of mm. negativity, I don't think anyone is 
been overly critical of Scott McTominay personally. Yeah. It's more the, the fact that okay, we tr- we tried that and mm. he probably can't stay there in the future. That's the conclusion mm. I've I've seen you know on, on social media or on the phones. Mm. Um, what did you make of of the performance and, and the goal in particular? Because that was the the sort of thing well, that shone the spotlight. The goal, the goal in particular, the, I mean the, the the goal against Israel. I think yeah. I mean sorry, not the goal. The the, the chance that they had with the head mm. and stuff like that positional play. And I think there was a couple of times when they gave away a free kick. Late in the game When he was in the wrong side of the boy And he was all hands all over him I mean that can happen for a natural centre half as well But basically he's in the wrong position But The actual goal No I, I think uh, You know again I don't know about communication I do know the fact is that Very few people talk these days um, But Palmer for me Has got to be You know Really Saying, saying to McTominay Listen Here he's coming in He's coming in You know Look over your shoulder Whatever But pass that information on And if he doesn't pass that information on He's just got to go with him if it goes out wide, it's got to come back into the box again. So sorry for being a wee bit technical and weird here, but, but but to me, a bit of communication from Palmer would have would have said to McTominay, you know, basically have a little glance. No, a natural defender may well have done it, but if your full back or your wing back in this particular case actually mm-hmm. emphasises the information, yeah. then it makes it a little bit easier, and he's aware of it. Because McTominay takes a look. Is is that yeah. though? Does he then assume that, that Liam Palmer is is coming with that player, and and he doesn't need well, to well, take po- action? Possibly, on it? but yes, he, he still comes in on on his shoulder, and it's a kind of it's one of those ones where, as I said, you you might drop. But for me, I think as I said, communication or Palmer just goes all the way and comes right in with, with him. When you play wing-backs, these are the areas that are, are always a possibility of getting exposed. The wide guy coming in, how far does that wing-back track him? How far does he come in? A normal full-back would narrow in, but a wing-back slightly different. So these are areas that can be exploited in Scotland where cut open in that. But I wouldn't hang him out for that. I mean, a normal centre-back makes mistakes as well. I just think, as I said a few minutes ago, I think he'd have been better in the middle and then a more natural defender there, like, like even McKenna being left out, doesn't matter, play him the right, and, uh, you know, I think he would have maybe have, he'd been a bit more aware of that situation. Josh, I, I love your positivity, you're confident that we're going to get to a tournament. I'll sort of repeat something I asked the guys earlier, is there any concern for you, though, that we go into this game against Israel next month, seemingly not quite sure at what system we're, we're going to play? Um, I... Yeah, I mean, obviously there is a concern about that, um, but I just, I, I, I've been thinking for a while that moving to a back four, and I don't know, I'd, I'd like to get Jim and Matt's thoughts on this, um, I've I thought for a while, um, and I don't, I don't know what, what Jim maybe thinks of this, but, but in the modern game, I think that the principal attribute that centre-backs nowadays need is pace. Um, I don't think they need to be as physically dominating as years gone by, even though the best centre-backs in the world are. Um, but I'd like to see Kieran Tierney put in a left centre-back in a back four. Um, and I, I don't know what the guys think of that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's certainly feasible. You're right, Josh. I mean, you don't have to be a big dominating six-foot-two centre-back now. Of course, there are certain, certain countries, certain, certain um, clubs. Who partners them, Jim? Yeah, and that's I mean, at the moment, you, you'd probably say Scott McKenna because he's been in and he's got there. I know it's two left footed play, but I don't really think that makes much difference. If he's going to go a back four, to me, again, he was a three, I would have, you know, I, I would have made Tommy in the middle, but as long as he's not on the right. But, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those situations, yeah. Uh, you, we've seen, as I said, to um, uh, Iceland against England, and they, they were launching the long throws in. 
And really, n- even the English centre-halves, I mean, obviously Maguire was missing, but no one really going dominant, heading it away. So it can depend on who you're playing yeah. tactically, that stuff. But and having looked at Israel then, you're right. that, that in yeah. theory, it's not like they were nah. the massively physical. No, no, not at all. And and again, but I, I would have looked at the, the, that game and thought we may have been better suited to a 4-3-3 because they, they basically matched up. So, for instance, Andy Robertson, we saw him against um, the Czech Republic, getting in behind, getting Palmer getting in behind, getting getting crosses in. We never saw that. I get, I, we never seen James Forrest. We were one, once in the whole game, Andy Robertson, not at all, because they matched up with the wing-backs. So, for me, I would have had a 4-3-3, get those wingers coming in, the, 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 with the modern wingers play mm. now, try to take those wing-backs in, try to take them in, and that allows space for Robertson and whoever plays on the right-hand side. So, I would play 4-3-3, Having watched the first game, Mark Tierney is a centre back and a back. Yeah, four. I mean, I, I would find a way for Kieran Tierney because he's, he's, you know, he's. I'm not saying he's world class, but in terms of Scottish players, he's world class. So, um, if if Steve Clark doesn't like a back three, what I would do is for sure keep Andy Robertson at left back. He's our captain. He's our best left back. He is one of the best in the world. That's where he prefers playing. So there's your starting point. Andy Robertson at left back of a back four. Kieran Tierney beside him as your left-sided one and then you work your other two from there whoever the right back and the right centre half is going to be we know who the goalkeeper is and then the other ones as, as much as we've got an abundance of midfield talent we're just not quite sure mm-hmm. the, the, the the ones the two or three that gel the best that could come down to form as well who's on form the next three or four weeks so again is that, what, is that what's make... frustrating people as well yeah, because for months we've looked yeah. at the names and we think brilliant look at these Aye. midfielders which which of them Grabbed their chance Over the last two games Who's who's now nailed on to play Ryan Christie Yeah Ryan Christie definitely The only one No no the only one I think Ryan Christie for me You know Had great I mean, listen, He made a few If you want decisions On the counter attack The other night yeah. there Where he could release the ball A bit earlier And stuff like that You could go the other way And see well, like, he got you 50, 60 yards up the pitch <laughs> But You know But he, listen He scored a couple of goals Albeit penalties But his energy You know mm. His enthusiasm You know Getting on the ball You know Linking up the play yeah, I, I think he was the one. We, we mentioned, obviously, we know that John McGinn was needing games, and I think you could see that he wasn't quite, you know, getting away from players. Uh, Callum McGregor wasn't quite as influential in those couple of games, although he has been absolutely terrific. Um, listen, there, there, there's other things to look at, but for me, Ryan Christie would be the one I think that would be bitterly disappointed if he if he wasn't, you know, a starting a starting and, player. And you're hoping as well that, for example, Ryan Fraser, he's now got a club. If he can get off to a flyer with Newcastle, mm. then there's another guy who, who would come right into contention as well. Uh, Josh kicked us off with a good dose of positivity. I don't mind that at all. Stuart and Uddingston, are you as positive or have you got another way of looking at it? Uh, evening, panel. No, I'm absolutely the total opposite of that. Um, you know, I, I'll put my card on the table. I mean, I, I, I don't really care for Scotland that much. Uh, I'm much more interested in domestic football. Um, but I listened to you last night, Gordon, and some of your points were really, really, really good and put a different slant to, to for instance, Mark tonight. Mark, I think you're just an apologist for what I think is not a very good manager. Now, he's been in the job for, you know, what is it, 10 games now? And I don't see any progress whatsoever. He doesn't know his best team. He doesn't know his best formation. And that excuse he came out with about only having four days training an international manager shouldn't he be changing players to suit his style of football. He should be getting the best out of the players for the position they play at their clubs. So for me, nothing more telling me apart from 
the boy Dykes, he's the only positive. You're playing against Israel, who I think they'd be one shot target. Was it the penalty? You know, uh, the other night we played against a team that was thrown together um, in two days. So I don't think their manager had much time to work with the players. And ultimately, we were lucky not to get beat 4-5-2 the other night. That's my points, guys. Mm. What do you think? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm not an apologist for Steve Clark. And to say that Steve Clark's not a very good manager, I think is really insulting, Stuart. Look at his record. How can you honestly say he's not a very good manager? The record be who? A commandment team that played 10 men behind the ball and that. Many times, race. Stuart. How many uh-huh. times? Sorry. How many times did you watch Commander live under Steve Clark? Um, probably about the same amount as you. No, I don't think so. Don't so I'll ask many. you again. No, that's not true because I watched them probably about 20 times and God will back me up. So I'll ask you again. How many times did you watch Steve Clark's Commander live? Every time they were on the TV. So you've never watched them live? You say they played ten no, men behind the ball. So tell tell me about that. Tell me about the tactic. Ten men behind the ball. Because I'll tell you, that is an absolute Mark, joke to say that, Mark, and you're letting Mark, yourself Mark, down. Mark. You're embarrassing yourself with that comment, Stuart. So tell me uh, about their tactic about ten men behind the ball. Tell me about it. Well, that that was the tactic. I mean, I no, watched, it wasn't. I watched, so I'm asking you to tell me about it. Well, to and be you're fit, embarrassing to, yourself. Well, that on, was not a tactic. Let, let's let's take it down a notch or two. I think to be fair to Stuart. And lots of people will see Kilmarnock playing against Celtic and Rangers on the TV That's when they get the most publicity And that's when they got great success out of making life difficult for the opposition oh God, I don't agree with that, no Because see, if you watch Kilmarnock, and as you know, I did They were one of the most entertaining teams to watch And you look at some of the results they got against Celtic You tell me a team with Jordan Jones and Chris Burke and Chris Boyd and Eamon Brophy and all those guys as a defensive team They were very very good defensively They were solid That doesn't make you say they're a defensive team They attacked well They were entertaining Power and dicker Getting forward as well So for a guy like Stuart to come on And slaughter Chris Clark, Chris, Steve Clark When his facts are so wrong It's embarrassing Then that's where you've got to take stock And remember this is the national manager We're talking about here I'm not being an apologist But we should try and get behind him But if you're coming on with facts That are right Stuart Fair enough but your facts are so far from the truth, you've embarrassed yourself. Gordon, can I pick up on that uh, completely? Uh, Mark's on about Kilmarnock. I didn't, I didn't talk about Kilmarnock at all. You know, Kilmarnock's a completely different idea to international football. My points were about the manager not having a team, a formation, not having much time to spend with his players. All these excuses, I'm merely pointing out I don't think they are excuses. I think it's because, in my opinion, Mark's perfectly entitled to his. He doesn't think, you know, he thinks he's a great manager. Well, I beg to differ. But I'm I never said, when did I say he's a great manager, Stuart? You need to stop making things up. When did I say Steve Clapp was a great manager? I picked you up on your point and you said he's not a very good manager. I would disagree with that. But when did I say no, he's a great I, manager? I think we can pick. Um, no, I'm just trying to be factual, Stuart. I think it's good when you come on and show uh, to, to be fair, factual. to be fair, you strongly disagreed with Stuart's assessment that he wasn't a good manager. So it's pretty natural that Stuart would take from that that you do think he's a good manager or very good or great or whatever. I think we're getting bogged down, we're splitting hairs, semantics. It is a different role, Jim, this international management. Yeah. I think that's the point Stuart's making as well. Um that the whole sort of X amount of time to work with the mm-hmm. players, it's true, it's undeniable. Yeah. 
The problem is It doesn't stand up to a great deal of scrutiny For Monday night Because no. the Czech Republic had the ultimate chaotic yes. build-up Yeah, I mean, I think Monday night Kind of puts the, you know that, That's the difference You know, puts a different light on it And the thing about any international manager now, And I think particularly from, from Scotland's point of view Over the last several years Before Stephen Cla- Steve Clark came in as well Is that Invariably, you never have your players available. If you want to play a certain system, if you in your head you think right, if I've, you, you look at the all those players available to you, if they're all available come match day, I would play this this system with these players. But because of the amount of call offs you get, and obviously pressure from clubs and all these sort of things, then you've got to sometimes, you know, take take a bit of a punt if if I want a better phrase. But I do agree that in Monday that argument is kind of thrown mm. out the window a little bit because of what happened to the Czech Republic. But ultimately, we did win. That's the thing. We did win the game. Sure, you're a good man. Hopefully, we'll speak to you soon. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Patrick in Penny Lee is up next. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Greedy and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Let's speak to Patrick in Penalty, who's been hanging on for ages. On you go, Patrick. My apologies. <laughs> no, no problem at all. Hi guys, how you doing? Hi Patrick. Hi Patrick. Um, I. I First point really would be um, just on Stuart's argument there about Steve Clark. If I could sum that up in an emoji, I'd, I'd, I'd need to say it was I'd use a poo emoji for that. To be honest, um, I, I, I'm a I'm a Celtic fan and and, and I've got a, a couple of friends who are who are Kilmarnock fans, um, and I found myself congratulating them quite a lot um, last season on some of the performances that Kilmarnock put in. Um, you know, I, I watched them a few times um, myself, and 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 I thought. Steve Clark got the best out of a, a you know a, a decent bunch of players at Kilmarnock. So I, I think from his performances, he's obviously earned um, earned his stripes and, and the opportunity to manage Scotland. And I think we really we really need to get behind that and, and you know and as a nation and, and support him in every way we can. Um, going on to the games the other day, um, the back to backs. Um, I think we, you know we just really need to kind of look at the positive aspects of it. Um, the three at the back, I don't think they're dead duck to be honest with you. Um, you know, Steve Clark has earned the right to, to 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 try these formations, to try players in there. I don't think McTominay as a centre back. You know, I think you know, I'm sure you know majority of people on on the phone in um, will agree with that. I think it would be great in front. I personally think it would be great in front of a back three, with maybe um, Robertson left back Tierney on or vice versa. I still I still think there's room. Maybe from McKenna in there, you know, Robertson, Tierney left. I, I just think the three at the back's not a dead duck. We've got plenty of legs, um, you know, midfield to front. The three at the back would potentially give us an op- you know, an, an option for two up top. Um, you know, so I don't think the three at the back's a dead, a dead duck and it obviously gives us options before as well. But um, going back to what Stuart was saying, I, I think Steve Clark's earned his stripes and um, he's earned the respect of the nation, and he's, we've got to give him. We've got to give him the chance, you know, to um, try a couple of different formations. Um, and obviously, you know, five on the bounce now, undefeated is is something I'd, I I can't remember the last Scotland manager that's that's produced a kind of you know a record like that. But it's got to be all positive, you know, positive in, in my book, guys. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, Jim, you can only 
Beat what's in front of you, you mm. One game at a time How many football cliches Can I roll out in, in, in one go <laughs> yeah. um, But, but that, that's the reality um, We'll have to do a bit better Against Israel next mm. month But I don't think There was anything Majorly to, to, to fear there um, from Based on what we saw On Friday night But it's understandable That people say mm. Well fine yeah, Alright But we scraped past Israel Then we're mm. going to play Norway Or, or Serbia mm. And if you've had a look At Norway in Norway, particular yeah. Over the last couple of nights yeah. Are we in a position To be confident Going into that That's that's what people are asking Well I mean Again as I said You're going about Stevie Clark And you know Whether you know the rights And the wrongs About getting the job But first of all I'd like to think It was his body of work And not just the fact That he'd done a good, a, An exceptionally good job At Commander But he, yeah. I mean He had, he had a, a really good Body of work behind him Experience working with top class players as well. Um, you know, the various clubs he'd been at, and, and then obviously, then uh, at Commander and significantly improving a team who'd struggled, you know, for, for, for two or three seasons. So, there's a, there's a lot a lot to be said about the, the rights for, for, for getting the job. But in terms of, you know, with the Israel game, I said before, it's, it's about learning, it's about saying, right, you know, as, as Patrick says, yeah, it might be a case, listen, we think that the threes. You know that 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 system's right, but it's you know it needs to be honed, it needs to be sharpened up. We need to maybe add something somewhere. We need to look at you know the balance of the players, but we might stick with the same system. Or listen, we thought that as I said, like I felt looking at it maybe it didn't quite work against Israel. But that doesn't mean if we did win that game, you wouldn't use it against Norway if if they beat Serbia or whatever, because it might be more suited to playing. So at least then you've, you're not then granted that type of game. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I, it's such a gamble because you've done it before. The players are more aware of it, so they've now played it a couple of games. I think John McGinty after the first game was a bit yelling to them, which is understandable for Scotland. But there's a lot of teams. I mean, Kieran Tierney, for instance, played for Arsenal there for the last what three, four months of the season as a left centre. But Arsenal actually the best period of the season. Mm-hmm. One with him playing there, and two defensively, they look much more secure. So. You know, it's not foreign to a lot of the players. James Forrest has played at several times for Celtic. Um, you know, there's a, there's a number of players, as is Ryan Christie, Carl McGregor. Um, so, you know, I, I, Lyndon Dykes, as we know, has played as a lone striker plenty of times for Livingston with the back three at the back. So, as far as individual players are concerned, no, I think half the squad probably played that. John Flex, another one that plays it. They play a back three at Sheffield United. So, you know, for me, it just it's maybe just trying it having a look at it, learning from it, and then let's decide when we need to play that. But as Stephen Clark said, um, he, he wanted another option of playing. Well, we've now got another option mm. of playing. What else works then, Patrick, in your mind? What what else is now in place going forward that you can see us revisiting? In terms of formation, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, Jim will agree, most managers go into a game knowing that you have to kind of have two formations in your head, you know, because if a game doesn't pan out the way it's supposed to be, you need to be able to flip it round quickly and efficiently. So we've shown that, you know, we can, yeah, you know, we're through the bag, you kind of, you live on the edge a little bit, but, you know, I think with the creativity, it gives us it gives us something middle to front. With the back, with the four at the bag, you know, we've got a bit of strength and depth in there, we've got height, you know, so for me, um, you know, I, it's good knowing that we've got we've got that option. You know, we can flip it. We have got players in there who are internationally recognised. You know, they've played um, you know high high intensity games. We you know with quality clubs. Um, you know, I think so. I think it's just a, a case of make you know just under, just just making sure that you know we know where we are as a nation. But 
I think we've got a manager now who can breed confidence into a, a, a real good kind of um, quality squad that, that, that can flip it about as and when required. All right, fit for thought from Patrick and Penalty. Thank you very much. Let's move on quickly to Hugh in Lanark. What's your take on it all, Hugh? Hi, Gordon, Jim and Matt. How are we? Good. Hi, Hugh. Good, thank you. Uh, yeah, I was just obviously I'm out walking the dog, so excuse me if you hear background mm. noise. Uh, I was obviously listening in the previous caller who was obviously getting on the mark and not that they had a reset too, but they obviously disagreement, which is that's what the football's about, opinions. Now, I do agree that Steve Clark has probably made mistakes in the in the two games. Um, and I hope he recognises that. The biggest mistake was obviously, I think everybody's seen it, was McTominay. Now, whether he was trying to accommodate him, I don't understand that. When I'm thinking, uh, Stephen O'Donnell's sitting on a bench, who's, yeah, he's maybe not at full fitness, but he would go, go and give you a good 60, 70 minutes. Do I think the three at the back's going to work? Definitely. Gives us a better option. We could even go... 3-4-3 three, three, Change it about Bring one behind the strikers I think we need to do Two up front I don't think there's an option Just for playing one up front Although Dykes I thought was outstanding Which everybody says But I think we need to put Defenders in a defensive role Don't just accommodate players um, And I hope Steve Clark Recognises that I do agree that he's a good manager He's proven Over the years He's a good manager He's got a great coaching Background I think Mourinho says He was one of the best coaches He actually worked with So I mean that's that's an ECV mm-hmm. So we have, I think we, The right manager At the right time Came to Scotland And I think we, we do have to back him But I just hope he, he maybe just sits back And looks at the two games again And sees Look McTominay Didn't work in there I, To be fair I was actually shocked That McTominay got a start On Monday again um, If we do get through Israel Which I, I really honestly 100% think we will do I hope That If we're going to go with this three We must stick to it But if we get hit with Norway You've seen what they've done with Northern Ireland. They're not going to be easy. So I think he might even go back to a, a back four or even a back five with the two wing-backs. So he's got to work in that as well. Um, but I do think we do need to get get behind him. Um, get behind the team. But hopefully just has a look at the, the videos again, the games again, and just realises that definitely didn't work. Let's put defenders yeah. in defenders' roles. That that's the challenge of international management because without being disrespectful to anyone, you you are bringing together a pool of guys playing at very different levels. You can understand the temptation. Hugh Hugh's a Motherwell fan on the line. You've got Declan Gallagher in the squad. You've got Stephen O'Donnell who've come in at times and done all right for Scotland. They've not started the season well, and they're bottom of the Premiership. You're then comparing them to a Man United player. Now he's a midfielder though. So do you put the Man United midfielder in defence or? Do you pick the guy Who's actually a defender But is clearly playing At nowhere near the level How do you I can understand the gamble Of putting Scott McTotten And it was a gamble That put in there You know Stephen O'Donnell you'll, you'll know better than me Gordon But he's maybe only played What two games in six months A couple yeah Yeah so I mean I think again To put him at an international level Albeit it's all about The quality of the, the Czech Republic team That doesn't matter They're away from home And a European tie I don't think it would have been Fair to Stephen O'Donnell either And um, So you take all that into account What we've got to do And again that's why There's no magic wand we don't have the equivalent of an Andy Robertson on the right-hand side. We don't have a settled central defensive partnership. I've got good options left-footed, but we don't have a great option right-footed. And that's not been... Steve Clark's inherited that problem. That's been there for a long number of years. We don't have an outstanding number nine. So there you go. You've got a central defensive partnership that can help you win games and keep clean sheets. We don't have that and haven't had that for a long time. And we don't have an outstanding scorer Despite the fact that Lyndon Dykes Was first class in his two games 
um, that he played for us With the greatest respect to Lyndon Dykes We would like to have better You look round at even at, at Wales and Northern Ireland And Republic Ireland and, and England You see all the, the options My God, the thought of coming up against Haaland Away from home in Norway is frightening But we don't, we'll not go that far We'll stay positive and keep it about the Israel game So you put all those things into the mix And the manager as well The manager won a game on Monday night away from home Yes, it was a third choice Czech Republic team But he still won away from home Came from a goal behind And managed to defend and see it out You look through that list of managers Gordon I don't I don't remember too many uh, dissenting voices When Steve Clark was appointed The same with Gordon Stratton The same with Walter Smith The same with Alec McLeish the first time round The same with Craig Levine Probably even Bertie Votes going way back to 2002 So at some point just cut them a bit of slack you know, it's not all down to Steve Clark. Maybe we just don't have the players. Maybe other nations are better than us. Maybe it's going to be another 20 years before we qualify. But at the here and now, we've just won a game away from home on Monday night. We're going to a massive qualifier next month to hopefully take us a step closer to Euro 2021. Just a wee bit of positivity. Because I tell you what, Andy Robertson, for me on Monday night, on the Sky cameras, was ready for blowing his top in terms of the negativity towards the squad. And he's been trying to put that message out for a number of months about... And again, it's not about being an apologist. It's just like, try and get behind the nation. If they, if they feel a bit of positivity, it will help them get a result. No guarantee it, but it will help them a wee bit more try and get a good result. Jim, I know from previous weeks in the show, you said you felt Lyndon Dykes had done really well to get to get the move. Yep. Um, and Livingston had done extremely well to get mm-hmm. that money for him. Yes. Taking that into account, did he was he a pleasant surprise for you at what he did at international level over the weekend? Yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, again... As I said, you know, the, the, the type of opposition he was up against, you know, but getting thrown into the deep end. Yeah, give got to give the boy enormous credit. As I said, I think he's got an awful lot to learn, as I was already said in the programme. I, you know, I was, you know, I didn't think he'd be anywhere near an international level footballer. But he went in there, he gave his, he gave everything, you know, he, he totally committed. And his goal was, as Mark said, there was a real striker's goal. I mean, it was something that, uh, you know, you, you see strikers gamble and it was a terrific ball, but gamble in between the sticks, um, you know, get yourself in there. And no, I thought I thought he'd done well. I mean, there's there's no there's no um, uh, denying that and I think the boy deserves a lot of credit. But I think it's, listen, you know, we, we, we can debate, um, you know, systems, players, you know, but for us to go away and beat the Czech Republic, it's not, <laughs> that 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 is a big result. Forget the fact that they had a, Second squad, if you want to call it that, who do we think we are? We we would struggle to beat just about any nation away from home. You know, we're not guaranteed to beat anyone. So the fact that we went away, the fact that we did win, I think you have to give some sort of credit. You know, we, you know, we 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 we've got delusions of grandeur if we think that part of the reason we're in this section is because we're not good enough to play the top teams. So we have we have to understand exactly where we are in the pecking order. And for us to go away and win is a is a great result. Yeah, regardless. I, know, I know I know we've got glaring gaps in the squad, but we do still have a squad littered with English Premier League players and players that are winning everything up here. So can we not can we not start? You talk about being positive on one hand. Can we not aim a bit higher on the other then and expect Gordon, to go Gordon, to third and fourth string teams and, and be more convincing? No, Gordon, you're obviously a lot lot younger than me, but we've had sensational players over decades who have failed failed. Even when we've qualified for tournaments, we have failed miserably at times. We players that would probably get in any team in the world at certain times, but we still haven't produced, 
you know, the level of performance. And that has been the case for decades. So I think that, yeah, you can look at individuals, you can say, right, okay, we've got a number of guys, as you say, playing the Premiership, etc. But it's getting getting the confidence of qualifying first and foremost. Thanks to Hugh out walking the dog. Good time to call. We'll get the travel and you could be next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. With Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Tackling compensation claims for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Greedy and Jim Duffy are here It's 01419511025 We are at Clyde SSB on Twitter as well Tony is on uh, Clyde Bank Athletic first Sorry they say Hi guys Lots of negativity from all angles But it's four points Lyndon Dykes is the best guy available up top And showed he can go up the levels For me 3-4-3 would suit the guys more But three at the back with two defenders Not natural in there wouldn't work And it hasn't And uh Tony says Why is it always Tierney Who has to change for Robertson Forget club form and achievements Tierney's always outperformed Robertson At international level I'll, I'll hold that thought You can elaborate in a second Because I feel like Kyle might Be on to make a, a similar point Hi Kyle Hi uh, how you doing? How's it going? I'm alright I'm alright uh, I'm just really here to say that Having to squeeze multiple players and in positions that don't suit them, it's just a really small team mentality for me. It's normal to have like, an overload of, of players in different positions and leave good players on the bench. It's, that's just, if you're a big, well, I'm not saying Scotland are a, are a big team by any means, but if you want to act like one, then that's what's going to happen. So you need to just pick a system and put your best players to fit that system. Tough decisions are part of... Uh, Steve Clark's job He's just going to have to make them I get I get so, that Kyle But I've also I've also got these visions right That just say it's Kieran Tierney For instance And, and going forward Andy Robertson plays And Kieran Tierney doesn't I, I can envisage us Being overwhelmed by people Telling us That it's a small team mentality To leave out a player like Like, like Kieran Tierney do, do you know what I mean I feel like that that's something That could also be held against us Well absolutely And it might well be that That Kieran Tierney's the best player To play at left centre back He might not be But But Especially maybe Scott McTominay Trying to fit him into a system Yes yeah. he's a good midfielder But forcing him into the team Just because Callum McGregor Ryan Christie John again, Ryan Jack Are all brilliant players It just It's not for me That's fair No I think Kyle You're right in the first point You make that um, You know as a, as a manager You have to make tough decisions And you have to leave it Good players Particularly international level Because pretty much All of them Are, 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 are first starters For the club side mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, occasionally you, you, it doesn't happen, but generally speaking, that's the case. And yet, therefore, you have to get the. As we've mentioned before several times, the balance right of the team um, with the, with the players you have at your disposal. But I, I don't think I must admit I do not think that Stevie Clark tried to squeeze Scott McTominay into the team. I think he looked at the the way they wanted to play, and he maybe thought. He'll he'll give us a little bit more security on the ball. Maybe wasn't looking at it too much defensively. It was more Tierney will break out in the left. McTominay will break out in the right. And we've got two, if you want to call it, guys who can take the ball. And the player who's, I mean, he's decent, but less you know comfortable on the ball would be Scott McKenna. And that, you know, so keep him in the middle, and that allows you to build from the back. So I think it was more the fact that he thought that he would it would link up the play a little bit better. I don't think he actually. Just thought I'll just throw him in there to try and keep, you know, everybody happy. I, I really don't think that was the case. But in saying that, he tried it. Did he not play uh, McTominay there 
two games in a row. It didn't work against Israel. He should be able to to learn that it's it's not going to work. Again, maybe he thought he could try something different against a, a weaker Czech side, but he's not got much time to learn before the important game. So I think he should have changed it up already. No, maybe he has, but you also got to remember you can't just you know dismantle things. If you if you think something's right, you maybe need that that game and you learn from it. As as I said, they would have you know video analysis. They would have been doing, uh, you know, with, with the groups, with individuals, with units, you know, the back three, etc. The, the the right centre back, the right wing back, all these type of things. He put in a more natural defender with Palmer um, rather than Forrest. So he did he did change it a little bit from that perspective, and I think that that did work a bit better. But you know, listen, I, I see. I don't think Scott Tom would play great as I say for me. Uh, you heard me say at the start of the program. I think he'd be better in the middle. But I do get part of the reason why. He played him there because, as I said to you, it's more to do with, if you want to call it the modern day way of playing now, is is, is not the first aspect of a defender is not defending yeah. now. It's athleticism, getting on the ball, building from the back, all these sort of things. And Scott McTominay is certainly capable of doing it. And maybe he just, you know, he didn't want to destroy his confidence by just saying, listen, you're, you're at the squad. I wonder if that's the bit where people might have a bit of sympathy. I mean, Kyle makes the point about you know learning from the first game mark but you can imagine for the last couple of weeks couple of months maybe even once it became aware of who was going to be available Stevie Clark's probably been thinking three at the back in his head he gets the players together on Sunday night he's got all week all week long they work on three at the back now it doesn't really work on Friday night but on Saturday you're not doing anything on Sunday you fly out to the Czech Republic and on Monday you play so it's, it is quite tough to then just Rip that all up after a week's work on it. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I agree with you there, Gordon, because what he's probably done is what's really cemented things for him has been, as Jim mentioned there, the form of Kieran Tierney. We could all see post lockdown, he was brilliant for Arsenal and the, the, the three man central defence. He was the left hand side of it. He was picking balls up for Obama Yang and Pepe. He was, he was creating assists. He was getting the part. So that's probably cemented his thought. I need to get to Kieran in the team. Now, I can't drop Robertson. He's my captain and he's one of the best left backs in the world. I'm going to try a back three because mm-hmm. it suits Tierney. And Robertson's got an engine he'll get him down anyway. That's Ke- what he's thought. Kyle and Paisley, you're a good man. Hopefully, you'll give us a call back soon. It takes us up nicely to time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Beat the pundit time, there's a signed ball and more importantly, bragging rights up for grabs if you can get more questions right than Mark or Jim. 0141-951-1025. Call the number, call it quickly because the lines close at 7 o'clock. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Greedy and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Um, lots and lots of opinions still coming in from the Scotland game the other night. It just shows you we don't get over stuff like that in one day because the calls have been fast and furious. You can keep them coming in. We will try and look at some of the other big stories between now and 8 o'clock We caught up with Aaron Hickey um, At the airport today Before he flew out to Play for Bologna uh, We are also going to hear from Celtic's new signing Shane Duffy As well Before we do any of that Quite exciting Is that the right word? It's certainly um, Light at the end of the tunnel We're going to have some fans Back inside Stadia this weekend Pataudry is one of those venues And we're going to speak to a man Who can tell us all about How that will work We'll get to that uh, As soon as we finish this Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Sun. Dot. Uk slash football. 
It is Beat the Pundit time Jim Duffy and Mark Greedy both standing by One of them will be in the hot seat tonight Giving you the chance to perhaps win a sign ball And more importantly, uh, get the bragging rights as well Tonight's contestant is Stephen in Thornley Bank How's it going Stephen? Hi You alright? Yeah, I'm good I'll be honest Stephen, I saw producer Andy he was struggling to get you back on the phone there And I was worried that you had, you, you had cold feet But we're alright Oh, it was a different Stephen, he tells me Oh, that's fine, forget forget it, ignore me I'm talking rubbish It's just we brought producer Andy back in from the cold Mark Guidi Lovely to see him uh, The Canadian he's, he's, he's been he's in six back. months lockdown <laughs> He's back uh, I don't know where he's been But he's back tonight anyway And I thought I thought it was the rust You know, Matt Sharpness uh, what, Lacking a wee bit when, when I heard Andy was in I thought oh, I bet he's got a full lockdown beard no, the opposite I know he's, he's looking so clean and, and, and Yeah you want to do well yeah. like a He must be romancing He must be romancing <laughs> out, out in the hills And all that kind of stuff You know like, None, none of this works on radio by the way So um, let's toss the coin And see who Stephen is up against Stephen uh, will take on either um, Mark or Jim Depending how the co- And look at him There's producer no Andy's not giving me my coin yet no. That just shows you how, how yeah, rusty he is Sorry he's got it He's good right Heads it's going to be Mark Tails It will be Jim Duffy <laughs> And it's Tails Jim Duffy Against Stephen From Thornley Bank So I'll give Jim some clay too To listen to it Yeah he's giving me the thumbs up So that means that he can't hear Your answers anymore Stephen 30 okay. seconds on the clock The only thing you need to know Is that you can pass So if you don't know it Just pass quickly and move on Alright no bother Right, 30 seconds on the clock Your time starts now Which Italian team has Aaron Hickey joined? Belonga What was the final score of Scotland's under-21s match last night? Uh, 1-0, Scotland Which Georgian joined Rangers from Ajax in 2001? Pass The Wallace Monument appears on which Scottish club's badge? Uh, pass Oliver Burke has joined Sheffield United from which club? West Brom What is the name of Elgin City's home ground? Pass Apart from Celtic Who is the last club to win the Scottish League Cup? Uh, pass, don't know Alright, let's bring Jim Duffy back Jim, can you hear us? Yep Same set of questions to you Time starts now Which Italian team has Aaron Hickey joined? Bologna What was the final score of Scotland's under-21s match last night? 1-0 Scotland Which Georgian joined Rangers from Ajax in 2001? The Wallace Monument appears on the badge of which Scottish team? Stirling Albion Oliver Burke has joined Sheffield United from which club? West Brom What is the name of Elgin City's home ground? Borough Briggs Out with Celtic, who was the last club to win Scottish League Cup? Uh, Ross County who has scored the most goals for Scotland under Stevie Clark? John McGinn. Okay, okay. Stephen, how do you think that went? Think he beat me, I don't know. He sounded confident. That doesn't always mean that he is, but he sounded no. confident. Hugh Keevens on Friday, I don't know if you caught it. He was just he was just guessing right, but he was getting them all right. And he was saying them with so much conviction as if he really, really knew what he was talking about. It was shameless. Like, it was and he ended up winning quite comfortably. Let's find out tonight which Italian team has Alan Hickey joined. Uh, blame me because I, I mentioned it about a minute before it started. Bologna uh, won all. Uh, what was the final score of Scotland 21s? It was 1-0 to Scotland. Alan Campbell with the goal, so it's 2-all. Uh, which Georgian joined Rangers from Ajax in 2001? Uh, Stephen, I wonder, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, 20. Ah, see, I, I had a feeling this was a generational thing, short at Avaladze. Uh, so there we go. Jim Duffy goes 3-2 in front. The Wallace Monument appears on Stirling Albion's badge, 4-2. You weren't done there, though. You got West Brom. Stephen, good shout for that one Oliver Burke has joined Sheffield United From which club it's West Brom So three to you But Jim's got them all right so far He's on five 
He then made it six Borough Briggs is Elgin's home Briggs. ground. He then made it seven Ross County are the last team to win the League Cup before Celtic. And I'm not sure we've had this before, Stephen. Sometimes you've just got to hold your hands up. Jim Duffy just got eight out of eight on Beat the Pundit. Your three wasn't bad at all, but you came up against a man in form tonight. Hard lines. Well played, Jim. Cheers, Stephen. Thanks very good much. Good man, Stephen and Thornley. Eight out of eight. That's impressive. That I, that the, the Borough, there was, there was the a Briggs one was really well. Because we were one of the quiz questions the other week here was Ross County. We, we were trying to get oh, school scorers and ah, stuff like that. Right. So that stuck in my head. And the Borough Briggs one, yeah, well, obviously I've been in a few lower league teams, so I've been up at Borough Briggs a few times. Well, funnily enough, my only memory of Borough Briggs mm-hmm. involves Jim Duffy. So you'll remember mm-hmm. when, when Rangers were down the divisions mm-hmm. and you were getting sent to far flung mm-hmm. places, mm-hmm. which, and by the way, the hospitality was great. You're always yeah. welcomed mm-hmm. with open arms. But the facilities for the number of press and media just just didn't exist because they weren't used to it. And I remember Jim and I got sent to cover the game together and the best they could do was... Jim Duffy had a seat And I had to sit directly behind him Right On on the wee box That the equipment comes in Aye. So when you're trying to Sort of communicate and, and, and talk about the game And ask him questions I was just staring at the back, the back Of Jim Duffy's head uh, For 90 you're, minutes You're going to be worse You're going to be staring at my face no, well, Very true <laughs> uh, But there we go Right So 141951 That's the number you need To join us It's been full of Passionate Scotland reactions So far Let's look, take a look at Some of the other stories That are important In our world At the moment uh, none more so than this weekend Fans will be allowed inside Stadia To watch Premiership football For the first time in a long time um, We've been given the green light For some test events Home supporters admitted uh, To Aberdeen against Kilmarnock And Ross County against Celtic In Dingwall Now if you're wondering how exactly That's going to work Then I'm delighted to say That Aberdeen's commercial director Rob Wicks Joins us live on the line at the moment Rob, how are you? Thanks for joining us uh, very good evening to everybody. Um, yeah, we're, we're we're good. We're all buzzing and excited about the weekend, and um, a huge amount of work's gone in to get to this point. So, um, yeah, we're just hoping it goes goes to plan and that everybody uh, everybody plays their part. Yeah, just Rob, if you can, and I know it'll be it'll be very detailed, but give us a, a sort of overview of of how it will work. You know, some of the logistics and, and what sort of things you're doing to to make sure this does um, pass in a, a safe manner. Of course. So um, we've had to draw up a full operational plan from a from a stadium operations perspective. Um, we've had to draw up a, a code of conduct for supporters. Um, and then what we've done as well is we're going to get, for example, spectators to arrive um, in a staggered fashion. We're going to have a, a, a 2 o'clock to 2.15 window. We'll have a 2.15 to 2.30 window. And then a, a final window up until quarter to three before um, before the game starts. To make this an effective test, there's no point in us opening up the whole stadium and putting 300 fans into a 20,000-seater stadium. That would make no sense. So the fans are going to sit in the south stand. They're going to come in from one entrance over these staggered times. And we're going to put them in an area in which they will be socially distanced um, as per government requirements. That will make it an effective test. And it'll, it'll give us the opportunity to make sure that the protocols are working um, you know, this is a big step forward for everybody, but this is a learning experience, and this is a this is, if you like, a a proof of life concept. This isn't a return to football. This is a a demonstration that we can now start to think about a return to football. That's the way I'd see it. Yeah. What type of fan behaviour will will they be expected to follow? Then, what 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 type of things will fans who do who are lucky enough to get in? What will they have to do during the match? 
So we've asked fans, obviously, to arrive with, with a mask. We're asking people to not come with, with bags, for example. We're asking fans to observe all of the signage, to, um, to obviously sanitise, um, to respect um, where they're asked to sit. We've obviously um, isolated certain seats, lot tied up certain seats, because we've got fans coming in, in singles. We've got you know two fans together from the same household, three fans from the same household. Again, there's no point in us just testing 300 individual fans in individual seats. We want to know that, you know, um, different size groupings work in, in the right way. So we've, we've run a ballot. Fans head up until 5 p.m. tonight to enter the ballot. Um, we'll do the draw tomorrow and we'll pick and then notify everybody on a purely on a random basis for the ballot. Um, and then we're going to fulfill um, that through a, a ticket collection service on, on Friday and into the early part of, of, of Saturday morning. But fans are going to be temperature checked. Um, they'll have to, um, you know, provide photo ID because it can't be a transferable ticket. Um, we've got to obviously be able to meet um, track and trace requirements as well. So there are a number of things to think about. We'll have our supporter engagement team on hand. Um, our supporter liaison officer will be there with additional stewards, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's a fairly a fairly major undertaking. Yeah. Um, will they have to wear masks for the duration? Of the game, I've seen some other guidance out there on online today suggesting you know no shouting and, and things like that. Is, is it going to be that strict? Yeah, it, it, it is going to be like that for the first game, and I know that may sound peculiar. Um, we, we followed um, all of the guidance that's out there from the government, from both from the government, um, but also from the Green Guide in terms of a return to football. We want to make sure that this is delivered in in the, in the best way possible. I, I, you know, provided everybody plays their part. Um, and the trial goes well, I, hopefully we can see an easing both of, of those sort of restrictions, but also in terms of a, of a growth of, of, uh, of numbers of people that will be able to attend. But the reality is, you know, I, f- football is going the extra mile. We're jumping through so many hoops to try and meet requirements. And I'll give you two examples. I was on a flight to London on Saturday morning. Um, I wore a mask as I entered the terminal at Aberdeen Airport, and they've done a great job in there to, to deal with some of the challenges. I socially distanced from everybody. I sanitized several times, did all the right things. And I got onto the airplane expecting to sit a meter or two away from other people. There wasn't a spare seat on the flight. So it seems like there's one set of rules for, for some industries. And, 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 you know, football is being made to, to really have to go the extra mile. Another example, you know, we go to Stavanger next Thursday for our Europa League qualifier. We've had to hire an aircraft twice the size that we need so that the players who are already in a bubble um, can socially distance on the aircraft and they're going to be subject to COVID-19 testing before they leave and when they land. So, you know, it, this, this pandemic has thrown some real challenges, um, you know, in, 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 in the general direction of sport as a whole. Yeah, that, that's an interesting point, Mark, and it, it carries on something that we've discussed quite a few times. This is not about us as football fans saying, oh, you know, we love football and, and we deserve everything uh, to be as it was, but, but football is putting some effort into th- to try and get things back on track. Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting point that, that Rob makes because, you know, we, we know that sometimes um, our teams in the European qualifiers, they get sent to some far uh, places that they've got to go and it's not always uh, cost effective. Uh, Rob, I don't know if you're able to answer this, but do you... I take it there's obviously an extra cost for having to hire a bigger plane. Is there any sort of reimbursement from YEFA or from the Scottish Government or is that just all on Aberdeen's account? 
Certainly, certainly nothing from Scottish government, but UEFA are, are making a contribution for, um, for, for teams who have to travel. Um, but, the, you know, the, the reality is we've gone from having, you know, a two-legged um, fixture um, or two-legged round to a single leg, and it's just luck of the draw whether you're home or away. So we were fortunate enough to not have to incur costs to fly to the Faroe Islands to face um, Runovic two weeks or three weeks ago. Um, they had to incur that cost to come to us, but we've now got to go to um, Stavanger, and uh, you know, on the assumption we get through that, we then got to travel to, to to Lisbon to face Sporting Lisbon. So, you know, these these are not small small costs, and you know, um, COVID as a whole has had a, a significant impact, as we well know, right across football. And the sooner we can get these sorts of trials this weekend and hopefully next weekend with a, a larger crowd of 750 underway, demonstrate that the protocols are robust um, and give government and, and, and the um, footballing authorities the confidence that they need, we can then start to look seriously about getting fans back and, and you know, getting that much, much needed gate revenue um, for, for clubs who are desperately going to need it in the months ahead. Uh, Rob, some fans might not necessarily want to take part in the test events because they'll say well it's you know that's not football as I know it not being able to shout and sing and, and, and all the rest of it but I'm sure nevertheless it will be relatively popular I think it's 300 fans you mentioned the ballot have you any idea at this stage how many have entered the ballot? Um, as of about 2 o'clock this afternoon we were at about 3,500 or 4,000 so I, I've, no, I've no doubt that we'll fill the 300 um, you know obviously we're in a position to continue with the virtual season ticket um, for people who can't attend, that, that that's a, a process that will remain in place for as long as we've got um, behind closed door or, or, or partial crowd um, matches. Uh, but I have no doubt that we'll be um, heavily oversubscribed um, for as long as we've got um, partial crowds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob, have they given you an idea? I mean, you're saying that supporters have to wear masks I mean, just just from a you know a, you know a straightforward common sense point of view, you would think well if you shout out and you've got a mask on, you know you're not transmitting any droplets into the air, so therefore you know have they, have they given you a, you know the you know a reason why I'm not I'm not saying that you would, you'd be shouting for ninety minutes, but it's but it is passionate, you know as a, as a passion of the sport, the, the obviously the players for instance are shouting each other, the coaches are shouting on the pitch, uh, is open air, it's outdoor. All these sort of things, it's, you would think that you know it's a bit more natural for fans to express their views, for want of a better phrase. I, I couldn't agree more, and, and hopefully it will only be you know maybe for the sake of a match or two that we're under that sort of level of level of restriction. You know, again, I go back to the flight I was on. Um, you know, in the same way that uh, a football fan will want to be cheering for his team, um, I'm sitting on a flight and I'm offered, you know, by the airline um, a drink and a, and a biscuit. So I've got to, I've got to take my mask off to eat that. So you know, there's there's all these sort of peculiarities. I I I I've made the point to a number of fans, to a number of our corporate partners and sponsors that. To me, and I said this earlier on the call with you guys, I, this is not a return to football yet. This is a, a proof of life. Let's let's demonstrate that we can do this. And if there are some of these extra measures that, you know, are, are somewhat incong- incongruous with football, so be it for the short term. But let's demonstrate that we can get people in, we can get people out, do it in a safe manner, um, protect the, the the player bubble as best we can. And, um, you know, let's demonstrate that all these measures, all the hard work that's gone in over so many days and nights from, from our operations team and our football team, 
put us in a position that we can start to get fans back in, in, in bigger numbers. Rob, with your commercial director hat on, is there a financial challenge here for clubs that actually we've not got to yet because eventually we're going to have some fans in, but you'd imagine it will be a small amount. What you and other clubs will then have to do is pay costs that you haven't been paying previously for stewards, for policing, for whatever it may be. Actually getting small numbers of fans back into Stadia, could that put a financial pressure on clubs that's not yet been there? Um, well, we've, we've, we had to put a, a stake in the ground and, and budget um, for how the season, we thought the season might roll out. So I'll give you an example. For, with, with, with our corporate um, partners, we've said to them, you know, there's no point in us trying to sell you a, a season worth of hospitality when we know at the outset that we can't deliver that. So we, for example, have been marketing a 10-match a package and we had to make some basic assumptions in our budget that we might get to, say, January and hopefully we're in a position to offer some level of corporate hospitality. Again, there's a, a disparity with what the rest of the hospitality industry can do at the moment versus what football clubs can do. Why can't we now, on a socially distanced basis, run some form of hospitality um, and include those people who are doing that in um, some of the partial crowd numbers that we're starting to see back in stadia? Longer term... We've got to make sure that that's something that we can deliver. But we need to start having those sort of discussions now. We budget for, you know, obviously whether you open a stand and you've got um, 500 people or you've got 5,000 people, you know, we budget accordingly in terms of steward numbers and, and everything else. But the, the, the real question for us is, you know, how soon can we get crowds back? How soon could we encourage fans to come in a walk-up capacity? We, you know, we don't think we're going to sell many more season tickets this, this season. The fans have been absolutely phenomenal in terms of, of the way they've responded um, but until there's a degree of confidence that you know football is back and fans can come in in greater numbers um, you know there, there's some real questions for, for, the, for all clubs going forward especially the smaller clubs Great stuff that was Aberdeen's commercial director Rob Wicks thank you very much for joining us Rob great insight into the challenges that lie ahead not only this weekend uh, but going forward as well I want to squeeze in a call on this topic Kevin's in Renfrew what have you got Kevin what jumps out at you listening to Rob uh, hello, uh, Gordon, uh, Jim, and Mark. Um, well, I just feel these rules, um, not just what um, they were saying there, Rob, um, I just feel the, the rules with the fans coming back are draconian. What's the point of the fans being there if you can't sing and shout at a football match? Jockstein said it, famously said it, that the football without fans is not football, basically. And if, if, if it's going to be that, I worry, why have the fans back at all in it? And we're in mass shoot in the open. Come on. I mean, yeah. there's less and less people dying. There's hardly anybody dying of this now. So why why are we getting so panicky? Uh, well, to be fair, I don't I don't want to stray into a kind of wider political point. Well Kevin's right. I mean these are these are the challenges, these are the questions that we're all that we're all facing and we're all wrangling with and it is perfectly legitimate. But if we keep it to the sort you know, the, the football side of things, Mark, it does sound rubbish. I mean, let's be honest, yeah, it's, it's it, not football as we know it. It sounds if there's too many restrictions uh, Gordon, I accept that there's got to be social distance We accept that, they're panicked with 300 I accept that, but wearing masks And no singing Come on, I mean really I, I don't agree with that at all Part of the reason for putting the fans in Is to help generate an atmosphere And help think that the fans are now part of the experience again So if they want to vent uh, Their frustration or they want to, to Sing a song and support their team They should be allowed to do that So I think that football 
Um, it's getting on the right track But it's not been treated fairly yet Not not by a long way In fairness though Kevin If we do want to get fans back Properly, normally In the way that we are used to Surely we need to take baby steps And we need to do these test events To eventually get to that Is that is that not all that's happening here? Just the first step? Well the, the rules are all over the place With life at the moment I mean Feel like the pubs and restaurants Now I'm all for the pubs and restaurants Being open of course I'm But that you can't go to other people's houses because they don't trust you to min- not to mingle. I mean, I was in Tony Macaroni's in Brayhead with my son last week and it was very, very busy. Now, I know they've got the screens up and stuff like that, but there's still a big space at the top of that. Does that mean that the virus doesn't go over a top of a screen? Does the virus act clever? <laughs> I mean, come on. So, I think, I think that football ridiculous. clubs might eventually, you know, have... Perspex between each seats. I mean, the rich clubs can certainly, I and mean, the wealthier clubs can certainly do that. So, I or think between every few seats yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I think even every, I mean, every every seat. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's it's possible. But the, the, listen, there's a lot of things that you know we we, we all have, have our views on what's right, what's wrong, and what, you know what's fair. But the bottom line is, as as Rob Wicks had said earlier on, this is a test event. We've got to understand um, exactly what you say is gone. There's baby steps. It's tiny. This is the first. In road into trying to get some fans back in, so we just have to accept that that's the way it is. We understand three hundred people in a twenty thousand stadium is nothing, but we have to try it and then add a little bit, add a little bit, and then hopefully within a, 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 a couple of months there's, there's a little bit I'd more. I'd be very there. surprised if we've got a full house in yeah. Scotland this season. No, I agree with you, Matt, but I think I, th- I still think no, to I know get some fans in, we just, progress, just but, wee bit. But still, we're well, a long, long way to go. Kevin and Renfrew, thanks for sharing your concerns. 0141-951-1025. We've got a teaser for you. We're going to hear from Celtic's new signing Shane Duffy. Hear what he had to say next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're about to hear from Celtic's new signing, Shane Duffy. So if you have any thoughts on the return to domestic football this weekend, now is the time to get them in. 0141-951-1025. Just quickly... On this teaser Thank you to Stephen In Hamilton For sending in He says As Aaron Hickey Flies out to join Bologna Can you name Eight other Scots Who've played in Italy Or Spain Like just tagged Spain onto that one Just to make it A bit more difficult So as Aaron Hickey Flies out to join Bologna Can you And by the way We'll hear from him Before the end of the show Can you name Eight other Scots Who've played in Italy Or Spain Mark will take one from you One from me uh, Alan Hutton Yes In Spain uh, Mallorca Mallorca Steve Archibald Yes, also Spain, Barcelona uh, Maybe one more Joe Jordan Right, okay, leave it there, good start Joe Jordan, Steve Archibald, Alan Hutton We're looking for eight Scots Prior to Aaron Hickey Who've played in Italy or Spain You can join in with us at Clyde SSB On Twitter Right, let's hear a bit from Shane Duffy, shall we? It says he's looking forward to competing with Christopher Julian And Christopher Ayer He says he can learn plenty from them he describes himself as a no-nonsense defender And he admits that some would say he's not pretty on the eye Yeah, really excited to, to play and learn from them Two top players in my opinion And I've watched them closely because obviously I watch Celtic So uh, I'm as I said, really excited it's, it's up to me to try and push them And try and force my way into the squad They've got a great relationship together And it's a tough one But as I said, I've, I, I like... The competition I like pushing myself and I like trying to improve other players as well and hopefully um, I can learn off them as well. I feel like I've got this mentality of obviously never giving up. I, I want to be a winner. I can bring something different to the team where of these winning mentality. I know they have got a lot of it here so I need to bounce off that as well but 
I'll never give up. I'm, I'm a defender who wants to keep the ball out of my net, first and foremost, and, and then build on it from there. But probably not pretty on the eye, what he's all probably say anyway about me. But uh, it's, uh, I've got a lot more to my game than that. So uh, as I said, go out there and put the question before. I want to really go and enjoy the season and, and have a right go at it and, and give, it, give it my all. Not had too many signings over this international um, period That's the, the sort of standout one Just because of mm-hmm. the profile and the club he's gone to And where he's come from and all the rest of it So mm-hmm. interesting to, to hear himself mm-hmm. I like a bit of that self-deprecation there Jim Saying, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, not not always pretest in the eye well, I don't know if that's uh, self-deprecation Or just honesty in terms of the style of player I mean, Mark spoke there last week saying He's the type of guy that likes that challenge Likes that physicality uh, you know about him and, and I think that that's something as a as a dying breed you know in the game now as we mentioned the other on we're speaking about the Scotland situation you, you know that these these players are are getting less and less even even like Van Dyke who's you know as a specimen you look at him but he's again you, you never really see him tackling you know he, he intercepts things he holds people off he, he reads the game all these sort of things so the, the game has evolved and will continue to evolve and, and Shane Duffy by his own admission still likes the, the the side of the game which uh, somebody like Meyer and that was still like heading it kicking defending your penalty box in and around the box making sure that the opposition centre forward is looking over his shoulder at you rather than saying right come on big man I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be taking you on so yeah I'll be interested to see how we adapt to Scottish football uh, let's bring in Brian we've got William who's a Rangers fan and Stevenson wants to take a look at the domestic action let's speak to Brian first he's on about Shane Duffy what have you got for us Brian? Well, good evening, guys. Um, I just think that the sign in the airman um, is prestigious for me as that um, that signing was for Celtic. I never take nothing for granted. And I constantly say to Celtic fans, and I constantly say on this show, we've got no right to win anything. But if you get your ducks set up in the right direction, then you've got a good chance. I feel that was a, a signing. It doesn't guarantee, because I won't say that, but it very much puts us in the right frame of mind for the 10. Now, again, cup competitions and these things, uh, it comes down to good play and good luck and all the, all the things. But a league is a strategy through the season of game by game and how to play and how to play. The direction that we've taken by uh, getting Shane on board, and I mean, I think it was very magnanimous of him to say um, that he could learn through Julian and I, uh, well, Julian and I uh, both better learn the thing that he's bringing to the table. And that is the experience that he's played through the teams that he's played for, the league that he's played in, and I get all the, the respect, but he's bringing something that every fan, a Celtic, has on, on the stadium, or obviously we're not this now, but every fan that ever loved Celtic has this. He's carrying the fans, and he will be that fan on the pitch for us all Brian did you happen to catch any of his performances for the Republic of Ireland over the last couple of days I thought he was incredible and he made a mistake for the goal but he rectified it by scoring the goal the man's got a massive heart I think he really understands the game so he's got a good head and that is a that is a massive winning combination I think in a, in, in a, a centre half and that's been a problem for Celtic for too many years they have not went out and found that missing, that X-factor player. And I think this guy is in for your defence. He will be marshalling. He'll be like a captain for Brown 
uh, at the back, and Bruni will then be able to work, you know, more with the players in the bottom, and not so much worry about the the Ayers and mm. Julian. And I like Julian a lot. I just think Ayers possibly thrown in to a position in a great team, and you know, and he doesn't really cut the mustard for me. I want somebody like a Bobo Baldi type. I want somebody who wear their heart on their sleeve. He'll go and smash through things legally, but mm-hmm. he will. He won't do this tippy tappy roundabout. And and as the big man says, "I'm no easy on I. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's meaning his looks. I think he's meaning his football. And that is exactly what we're looking. For. We'll, we'll leave his looks out of it for now. It's probably for a, a whole different type of phone. And um, Mark Greedy. Um, did you catch much of Shane Duffy? Brian says he was incredible for the Republic of I Ireland. See, I, 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 I had actually, I had I seen a few see people all. being uh, not critical of his defending. Well, yeah, I've, I've, he scored a, a good goal. I've seen some uh, criticism of his defending over the piece. Um, but Brian thought he was incredible. It's all, it's all about opinions, as they say. Yeah, I mean, it's all about what he does uh, come Saturday up at Ross County. If he's selected, and I'm sure he will be, uh, put right into the into the team. And um, you know, as I said, he's just a, a defender. I spoke to. Uh, Sandy Stewart about him uh, Duff and Sandy Was only Coyle's assistant At Blackburn when, and, and he coached him Just for a couple of months Before he got his move To, to Brighton And um, he just he's just A proper Old fashioned defender A good pro Good worker Good in the dressing room Loves a tackle Good in both boxes And he thinks he'll do very well um, At Celtic And I'm sure he will And it's all about How you're told to play as well So there's no point In bringing Shane Duffy in For Neil Lennon To try and tell me Like we're talking about In McTorney You'll get the ball down And bring it out if Ayer wants to do that, fine, because Ayer's comfortable doing that. But first and foremost, as I said last week, Shane Duffy's role will be whoever the number nine is in the opposition team, he is right on him and lets him know that he's in a game. Right, Brian, good to hear from you tonight. Let's speak to William, who's a Rangers fan on the line. Hi, William. Hello, hello, uh, Gordon, Jim and Mark. How's it going, William? I, I know, lad. Well, my take on is I just want to ask uh, Jim and Mark, even yourself, Gordon, right, how do you think the season started? For say the two favourites Right Rangers and Celtic mm-hmm. How the squads are shaping How the football's getting played Because there's a lot of There's a lot of frustrated Rangers fans Doing my way Gordon right As in Traditionally that would be The old fun weekend there Right before the internationals I just want Jim and Mark To take a wee teaser for the night Who do you think Would have won that match Because a lot of Rangers fans think The right Rangers are going to know We would have won that match I just want to get their take On how everything's gone so far Now the game would have been At the um... Celtic Park, William. I think considering how things finished before we went into uh, to lockdown, um, then I think that Rangers have got to take the most credit so far, considering the way they were from January to March and how Celtic were January to March. For Rangers to come out, not to have conceded a goal, to have managed to grind out um, a couple of victories, going to Petordry, all right, went to Livingston and didn't win. So it's there for Celtic, they appear to be more kind of um, finding their feet. And in terms of what happens between now and the closure of the transfer window, there could potentially be more upheaval for Celtic than than Rangers in terms of losing, uh, you know, the star player or one or two of their, their top players. So at the moment, um, Celtic still the team to beat. They're still the champions. But I think assessing both sides just now, you'd have to say that Rangers will probably be the the happier of the two, top of the table. And points in the back As to who would win I never like to pick a winner Until I see both starting Starting lineups. Well, That's my get Well dodged that. Well dodged Go on Jim No I mean I think this is a difficult one Because Rangers at this moment in time Are uh, you know Other than the, the limiting result um, You know Picking up wins But they're, they're certainly not Firing all cylinders Middle to front I think of course defensively And obviously John McLaughlin coming in And 
uh, you know, for Alan McGregor, you know, having having those uh, clean sheets is fantastic, but they haven't quite got the, the you know, the, the the kind of creativity part. You know, they haven't carving uh, teams open, um, and and they certainly haven't been capitalising, uh, you know, in as many opportunities. Now, of course, there's a whole Morelis um, situation to deal with. Uh, Kemi Roof still still looking for that sharpness, I think. Um, Itton hasn't really, you know, had maybe an opportunity yet, but he's he's tweaked the midfield. He's he's, he's kind of played with Barker and, and and Kent. You know, he's kind of supporting Kent's obviously been been the one that has shown that um, appetite for the game. But I still think that the Rangers have to improve in that side of it. Uh, and as, as Stephen Gerrard says, be more ruthless and, mm-hmm. and and real determined to to put teams to the sword. Um, yeah, Celtic probably playing a bit of catch up. But I always feel that uh, you know th- those type of games early on mm-hmm. in the season, um, you know, can can go either way. But I, I would have always thought Celtic at Celtic Park would have had a little bit more home advantage. Um, home, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know no without fans. the fans, yeah. without the fans, but I still feel that um, you know, you know, in this situation, you know, listen, as Mark says, Celtic's defensively, you know, they're they're the opposite. You know, not not uh, being brilliant. Um, but you know, I, I think it's a hypothetical situation, isn't it? But for me, if it if it would have been at Celtic Park, I would have probably said a, a narrow victory for Celtic. What do you think, William? What gives you the confidence at this stage? Um, defensive solidity, um, mm-hmm. Robin Wright. Just just the way we're keeping teams out. We don't look like we don't look like conceding right. I take on Jim and Mark's points. It's early. You don't like all firm games are traditionally very hard to pick, right? But I just think. I just think the way, just just the way that it's going for Rangers at the moment, right? I just think we'd win that match because we've been there previously. As in the past, I used to be hiding behind the couch, Gordon, there on all Rangers Celtic games, right? We see now, it's not. Because I look forward to these games because see Celtic, look, most teams don't. They'll come on to Rangers, right, and they've got the space. And I think Rangers can can look forward to these games because Celtic, obviously at home, they're going to come out. Mm-hmm. I think that's where Rangers can pounce, you know. Yep, you you never know. Time will tell. Thank you to William and Stevenson. Let's speak to John and Parkhead. What's jumped out at you, John? I think you're going to mix the international break and the domestic stuff here, aren't you? Hi, Gordon. How you doing? Hi. Uh, just to, to Jim and Mark, uh, I just I, I was saying you know, that Celtic have been playing the comments about Glenn Kamara, and it was saying that this time probably maybe next year that Glenn Kamara could could be worth anything. So I would just like to, I would, I mean, I, I, I'm a Rangers fan and I, I like Kamara. Uh, he's very, he's very silky. I watched him other night for Finland. I mean, he did a cigar in his mouth for King Edward. I mean, he, he thrilled, he thrilled through the game. Uh, and I, I watched him a few times at Ibrox and sometimes he's became a wee bit of a scapegoat with the Rangers fans. No, 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 everybody. Uh, sometimes, I know he's no, he's no well built and things like that, but I'll tell you one thing. He can play. Do you think he performed a different? Did he do a different job, John? Did Did you see more of him? You know, doing different things for Finland than we sometimes do for Rangers. No, I think he was played in a different position, Gordon. As you know, he was played in a different position. I, I, John, I watched the, the game and, and I thought Kamara, you're right, he did well. But I think that like a lot of players, when you know, if, if they come from Dundee initially to, to Rangers, you know, sometimes you know they get a bit overwhelmed, and also you know maybe that. Level of responsibility is taken away from a little bit. Somebody like Steve Davis or Ryan Jack or these kind of guys, and they become, you know, somebody that, as you say, if, if, if the fans are a bit unhappy, they look for someone. But with Finland, 
he, he, he just he seems to be like full of confidence, and that's that's that to me was the biggest difference. You're right. I th- he, he looked so comfortable. He looked a really terrific player, international level. You know, Mix who's obviously got his views. He's he's he's, he's finishing, and he he'll, he'll see him a lot more at that level. Uh, whether he's worth you know a considerable sum of money or no, money or no is, a, is another matter. But certainly for Finland, you no, know, I think it was that. That belief that he, 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 you know, he was one of the top players. He mm. was one of the star players, and I think that when he, when he goes back to Rangers, he maybe just goes into his shell a wee bit more, and he's just got to express himself more. Does that performance fill you with optimism, John, about what he might be able to kick on and do in the rest of the season? Well, see, see, I, I, God, it was God, and no one, no one likes to ask too. I don't know if, it, if it's, if it's a benefit, but I, I, by the way, I, I want to get back to, I want to get back to Ibrox as quick as possible. Probably the rest of it. think it sounds daft at all John because you can't really we'll never really know the impact it's having Mark and it was, mm-hmm. I was very very interested and in, we had Chris Birkin here on Friday night I don't know if you heard him and he was talking about the things that you can measure mm-hmm. and he says as far as he's aware running stats for instance about a kilometre a kilometre and a half down, down per, per yeah, game yeah. that's right yeah I remember um, the English Championship um, one of the managers tell me that when, when they came out of a uh, Lockdown, so um, that's true. The running stats are down, but no, I, I'd agree with you, John. I mean, I mean, only the players themselves could answer. But I think in this season of all seasons, considering the tension, considering what's involved, then for some players, particularly your flair players, it might just allow them to go and maybe express themselves a bit more. Ryan Kent being the case in point. Some interesting points, John. Thanks a lot. Hopefully, you'll give us a call back soon. That was John in Parkhead. Uh, Aaron Hickey flies out to join Bologna. Can you name eight other Scots who've played in Italy or Spain? Joe Jordan, Steve Archibald, Alan Hutton so far. Liam Henderson Yep Jim Yeah, Graham Souness Yep And I'll try you on left field Ted McMahon Brilliant Well done You've got two to get We'll get them next And we're going to hear from Aaron Hickey We spoke to him Just before he flew out today Some very interesting comments For him An exciting time And we'll bring you What he had to say next Taking your calls On Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard on the home straight tonight with Mark Weedy and Jim Duffy They are trying to come up with the answers to this Stephen and Hamilton sent the question And by the way if you want to get your question used in a similar fashion The address you need Full time at Clyde1.com So Topical as well I like that He says as Aaron Hickey flies out to join Bologna Can you name eight other Scots who've played in Italy or Spain You've got Joe Jordan, Liam Henderson, Graeme Souness Steve Archibald, Alan Hutton, Ted McMinn You've got the great Dennis Law, haven't you? Great Dennis Torino. Law, Torino. There we go, and only one to get. We'll give you a bit more thinking time on that one, Mark Guidi. I, I give me, give me a minute. I think I'll get it. Give me a minute. Right, go on then. I, th- I think, I think you should get it. Actually, um, let's hear from Aaron Hickey, shall we? Um, he was at the airport today, ready to fly off. Life-changing move for him. Always interesting to see a young Scottish player go and try and make a career elsewhere in the world because not many people do it. Um, he says Bologna is the right move for him He says he turned down Bayern Munich The European champions In favour of a move to Italy He acknowledges, you know, still got a lot to learn But he is hoping to make an impact On the first team this season Yeah, it's all been crazy Like, 
all these teams coming in but uh, Bologna I think is the right move for me like the supporters and stuff have been really good for me on Instagram and stuff like that and just when I was over there I got a really family feel to it so hopefully it turns out well yeah I went off to Bayern Munich unbelievable experience for me and myself going over and seeing the best team in the world's facilities and stuff but yeah it was hard to turn them down but I think Bologna's the right one for me still young still have to learn a lot and stuff but um, I'll go over try my hardest see how I do and just if I manage to get in the team in the team even like one or two games I'll be really happy with that but uh, hopefully I get in the team and proceed Aaron Hickey there facing up to the real possibility that very soon he comes up against his idol Cristiano Ronaldo there's a potential debut on the cards against Zlatan and everyone else at AC Milan uh, but he thinks Italian football can suit his style yeah it's crazy the best players in the world are in, my, in the league that I'm in but um, nah if I play against Ronaldo I'll be very happy <laughs> I love Ronaldo like he's probably one of the, my idol probably look up to him since I've been young watching him on the telly all the time but to feel like playing against him would be incredible for me yeah I'm so, Italian football I think it would be a wee bit more suited to the way I play but uh, nah but I think it would be a really good high standard and stuff so just I'm going over to try and improve my game as well and see the coaches I'm sure they'll be absolutely brilliant uh, so first of all it's just a lovely story um, and, and he spoke very well there young and I think from just along the road the west end of Glasgow um, Gordon I think started one of his games at Broomhill Sports uh, Club so so good luck to him going to Bologna of course the home of Bolognese um, <laughs> that's is, like get your priorities get, another thing as well if he's if he's Anybody's listening that knows him He should get the John Grisham book Where he goes to One of his books is set in Bologna And uh, he went and lived there for a while And it gives you a great insight Into to how to live your life uh, In that part of the world But brilliant And I think he'll do very well um, I think he's a very talented left back It's a shame that we've lost him To the Scottish game But when you see a kid A teenager Going to Italy Duff to be, to be ready to go and play in Serie A then you just you, you feel there's going to be great yeah. things ahead for him brilliant I, I think you should hear the Gaza though though and you should give them all a book it should be Parliamo Glasgow <laughs> so, they, so they can understand them but uh, yeah I mean listen you know to, to go there to educate himself yeah we hope that he does get you know game time uh, but just interesting I'm hearing him saying there you know that um, you know obviously he's liked when I was, he was young I think what is he 18 yeah. something like that so I mean l- listen he's very very young but uh, as I mentioned at the start of the programme I think it's a, a fantastic um, lifestyle choice um, as well mm. as a footballing choice for him to try and you know we, we, we've got to encourage our players to go and educate themselves and come back yeah. I mean I know young Ryan Gold hasn't quite maybe got to the level we all, all thought he was at Portugal although he was voted I'm led to believe was it player of the in season the, in, the in the second, second division yeah. and he's now 23 or 24 but you know I, I still still feel that I would I'd much rather try that than, than, than too many are away for you know there may be an opportunity but for him to turn down Bayern Munich I mean that's an incredible decision yeah. he's made so you know, let's let's hope he's made the right decision. And and and, and listen, if nothing else, I'm surely enjoys time in Italy. I tell you yeah. what, I think it's a bargain. If they've paid between one point five and one point eight million, you look at some of the fees that's going about. I think Bologna have got an absolute bargain, and I'm sure they have. But I hope they have. I hope perhaps I've got a selling mm-hmm. clause built in. Yeah, and you have to assume, Mark, the whole turning down of of Bayern Munich is is linked to the chances of first team football. Yeah. Uh, we we like Aaron Hickey. We hope he's on to have a great career. 
He ain't walking into the Champions League winning side at the mm-hmm. moment or anywhere near it. So I would mm-hmm. imagine that's, you know, and, and that, that in itself is a brave decision because you could easily go there, the riches, the facilities, dine out on being a Bayern Munich player, but he's clearly targeting where he thinks he's got more chance of, of playing yeah, football. And, and one of the guys you just mentioned, Liam Hendrickson, I'm sure he'll be a source of inspiration. He's forged a really good career for himself in Italy the past couple of years. You look at Paul Lambert going to Borussia Dortmund, you know, getting a triangle over there with a tenner in his pocket. A guy that we mentioned earlier as well Stevie Archibald Fantastic success uh, At Barca So it can be done And it'll be coached over there It'll be drilled properly I'm sure the teammates The experienced players Will, will take them under uh, his wing And I just hope for Scottish football And for him and his family That he makes a success of it And I think he's got the talent to do that yeah, I think the, the whole tactical aspect Everyone knows that The Italians are you know famous For their, their tactical knowledge And their work You know the intensity They put into their games uh, They leave nothing to chance and people talk over here and you hear it said time and time again these things find margins find details but the Italians do an awful lot of work tactically and it's something you have to get used to you know if you go and watch any of the Italians train and all this kind of stuff you know it can be monotonous at times and you've got to t- uh, change your mindset but as a young defender he, there's absolutely listen nothing else he will come back or wherever he goes next, he will be a much better player. Mm-hmm. They, he will his game will definitely improve, learning and being educated. Football education in Italy. I know he's he's actually played both in, in his time at Hearts, but let's finish yeah, the show as we started it with the Scotland hat on. Any chance mm-hmm. they can just turn him in the right, right back? Like Gordon, Gordon, yeah. remember, his right foot's his strongest. Yeah, his right foot. Yeah. His right foot's his strongest. Hopefully, then. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we don't, we don't know, left that that's real optimism for us. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. If not this season But certainly within two years He could emerge as a Scotland right back Yeah Well time will tell We wish mm-hmm. him the best of luck I'm sure And that's something That we can all keep an eye on It gives you that extra bit of mm-hmm. um, Incentive to keep an eye on things If you're if the other leagues around Europe Don't do it for you Well it's good to look at The Scottish interest As well So Aaron Hickey They are moving to Bologna A potential debut Against AC Milan At the San Siro Absolutely brilliant uh, Right I think we'll Pretty much round off there So let me just recap Tonight's question the question is this As Aaron Hickey flies out to join Bologna Can you name eight other Scots Who've played in Italy or Spain Stephen and Hamilton sent it in to full time At Clyde1.com uh, If you want to get your question used on the show that's re- That is the address you need You've got Joe Jordan, Liam Henderson Graham Soonis, Dennis Law Stevie Archibald, Alan Hutton And Ted McMinn I think you've got this already don't Can, you? I, can I just one. before Mark gives you the answer Because I know Mark's got it Is you know there was one other guy I'm sure played in Spain Jack Harper You know what's my fault I should have specified I think it had to be The top flight Alright because young Jack He was on the fringes And the yeah. Scotland Couple of clubs over there That's right yeah. But anyway Mark You can tell him the, right. the one Because I know you got it He got a transfer today From West Brom And Sheffield United Scotland player Ollie Burke Alaves on loan last season Ollie Burke Another one Mark Who Big money moves some big clubs His career isn't Just isn't really taken off The way people Expect it to And he's gone and got himself Another move to the English yeah. Premier League So A top 8 club Fair yeah. And Chris Wilder Gets yeah. the best out of players Doesn't he That could be just the move He's, he's looking for It's quite something Jim Isn't it I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be unfair And say yeah. his agent's A miracle worker that, That's definitely unfair I've seen, <laughs> I've seen those I've seen those jokes mm. Made on yeah. social media I won't stoop to that level um, But he's had a difficult time of it Went away on loan To mm. La Liga last season Hopefully, for Scotland's sake, it's he Celtic can kick as well. On. And didn't you know? Didn't you know? It was okay, but it certainly didn't you know set the hell on fire. So yeah, listen, he's still young, but 
He's maybe went to the right manager as, as Mark says Chris Wilder's has done a phenomenal job with us, So let's hope that he's, he can progress Alright thank you to Jim Duffy And Mark Greedy But as always the biggest thanks Goes to you Thank you for all your calls All your tweets And to those of you who just sit and listen in silence We appreciate that as well We're back tomorrow night at 6 With Gordon and Mark Callum Gallagher is up next Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Tackling compensation claims for more than 40 years Talk to thompsons.com